day 163 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season, the story of the prophets. Uh, we're reading uh, through the prophet Jeremiah, and uh, Jeremiah's task has been a very hard task to talk to people uh, who will not listen or stubbornly turn against the Word of God. Uh, he will suffer at their hands on, on many occasions. And, of course, the book of Jeremiah is followed up by another book he has written called Lamentations, and many times you will see him weeping. Uh, over Jerusalem and over the plight of you know Jerusalem, uh, over the plight of the people and the the tragedy that many of them will face. You know as this nation sweeps down, you know as the hand of God's judgment. Um, when we come to chapter fourteen, you have a lament and it starts off well. It's almost a lament or a sound of repentance, uh, but right in the middle of their lament, the people turn on God and they blame Him for their circumstances. And it's kind of an interesting thing that we often do as well, uh, rather than uh, taking responsibility for our own sin and you know circumstances. Sometimes that it brings with it, uh, we tend to blame you know we tend to blame God who has offered Himself to us fully. So I'm Paul here with David and Katie and Matt as uh, we continue our journey through Jeremiah, beginning Jeremiah you know chapter 14. So Matt, why don't you uh, lead us in a word of prayer as we uh, as we read? pray. Father, we do thank you for the gift of your word and the grace we have in Jesus. And as we read, um, Father, would you continue to reveal yourself to us, show us um, your beauty and glory, and and at the same time, show us our sin, um, Father, that we may repent and, and return to you. Uh, thank you for um, the, the hard words spoken through Jeremiah that, um, that do remind us that you are a holy God, a, a a righteous God, but a loving God as well. And so, Father, help us to to see you in all of your glory and beauty and, and marvel and worship and be transformed by you. Uh, be with us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 14. This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the drought. Judah mourns her cities languish they well for the land, and a cry goes up from Jerusalem. The nobles send their servants for water. They go to the cisterns, but they find no water. They return with their jars unfilled, dismayed and despairing. They cover their heads. The ground is cracked because there is no rain in the land. The farmers are dismayed and cover their heads. Even the doe in the field deserts her newborn fawn because there is no grass. Wild donkeys stand on the barren heights and pant like jackals. Their eyes fill for a lack of food. Although their sins, although our sins testify against us, do something, Lord, for the sake of your name. For we have often rebelled. We have sinned against you. You are the hope of Israel, its Savior, in times of distress. Why are you like a stranger in the land, like a traveler who stays only a night? Why are you like a man taken by surprise, like a warrior powerless to save? You are among us, Lord. We bear your name. Do not forsake us. This is what the Lord says about this people. They greatly love to wander. They do not restrain their feet. So the Lord does not accept them. He will now remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. Then the Lord said to me, Do not pray for the well-being of this people. Although they fast, I will not listen to their cry. Though they offer burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Indeed, I will destroy them with sword and famine and plague. But I said, Alas, sovereign Lord, the prophets keep telling them, You will not see the sword or suffer famine. Indeed, I will give you lasting peace in this place. Then the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not seen them or appointed them or spoken to them. They're prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and idolatries and the delusions of their own minds. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about the prophets who are prophesying my name. I did not send them, 
Yet they are saying, no sword or famine will touch this land. Those same prophets will perish by sword and famine. And the people they are prophesying to will be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and sword. There will be no one to bury them and their wives and their sons and their daughters. I'll pour out on them the calamity they deserve. Speak this word to them. Let my eyes overflow with tears night and day without ceasing, for the virgin daughter of my people has suffered a grievous wound, a crushing blow. If I go into the country, I see those slain by the sword. If I go into the city, I see the ravages of famine. Both prophets and priests have gone to a land they know not. Have you rejected Judah completely? Do you despise Zion? Why have you afflicted us so that we cannot be healed? We hope for peace, but no good has come for a time of healing, but there is only terror. We acknowledge our wickedness, Lord, and the guilt of our ancestors. We have indeed sinned against you. For the sake of your name, do not despise us. Do not dishonor your glorious throne. Remember your covenant with us and do not break it. Do any of the worthless idols of the nations bring rain to the skies themselves? Send down showers. Know it is you, Lord our God. Therefore, our hope is in you, for you the one who does all of this. And you have a sad lament and even a prayer of petition and of course it, it, it falls this time on, on the deaf ears of the Lord in the past the Lord's word has fallen on the deaf ears of, of the people and uh, he has you know come to a place where his judgment is pronounced and his judgment is taking place and, and you have near repentance mm-hmm. uh, but not full repentance you know coming from the people even in the face uh, of what lies ahead of them now that's a hard thing to read whenever the Lord tells Jeremiah you know, in verse 11, do not pray for the well-being of this people. Although they fast, I, I won't listen to them. Although they're offering burnt offerings, I mean, they're doing all these things that seem to be kind of right and religious. and But at the same time, they're so far from the heart of God that even in their lament and even in their kind of confession, they're not heard. And that's just one of those scary things to read. In the scripture you know to think you could be doing these things and yet the lord's not hearing you and you're not actually his and i'm I'm glad the scriptures are honest like that but it's it is difficult to read sometimes man that that paragraph that god says about the prophets who are prophesying lies in his name that is well the irony of the fact that they're prophesying that sword and famine will not happen and yet they're they will die because of sword and famine Whew, that's a doozy but also just <laughs> <laughs> like yikes technical Irony. greek word there <laughs> for astonishing statement <laughs> doozy sorry <clears throat> but also just i mean even today just the idea of people sharing a word and saying that's from the lord um that is very serious in the eyes of the lord and so which to to us as leaders of a, of a church um you know that's pretty sobering just to to be reminded like god takes it very seriously when we share words from the lord that are not actually from the lord so using your authority and using your power um in order to coerce people and really it's it's seems to be a, a more of a selfish reason um so just finding authority in God's word and, and, um, testing things against God's word. Um, I don't know that, that passage, that specific paragraph really, really got to me. No, 
and of course, Isaiah, I mean, Jeremiah rather is pleading with God. He said, you know, Lord, the, the prophets are the ones who are, mm. are turning them away from you. And of course, it reminds us of the situation that Paul talks about in the latter days when people will surround themselves with any number of teachers to tell them exactly, you know, what their itching ears want to hear. You know, preaching peace and prosperity when there is no peace nor prosperity. Preaching, you know, kind of a, a reinforcing, you know, our, our prejudices, reinforcing our, you know, deep con- convictions, reinforcing our judgment of others rather than letting it look to himself. And, of course, that's one of the reasons we devote ourselves at Christ Church to expository teaching because it takes us to passages we... Uh, we normally would not like. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the scripture, you know, has a twofold, uh, you know, kind of purpose or work in our life. One is to uh, to disquiet us or discomfort us, to help us see reality in a way, you know, that is somewhat startling. And the other is to bring comfort and quiet, mm-hmm. you know, once we've come, you know, to a place, you know, to a place of repentance. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, how could you go ahead? Oh, I was just say this, just this passage. I mean, especially as we've been reading mm-hmm. Jeremiah, and in light of you know the story of the prophets, but the story of Scripture as well, you begin to see that you know when God makes a covenant with Abraham, He promises you know land and and blessing, and He's going to be their God. You know, you get these wonderful images, and it's like this great reversal is happening because of the sin of God's people that. The once abundant land, you know, they were going to receive is now barren and dry, and mm-hmm. you know, God's going to cast them out. I mean, just seeing it's the breaking of the covenant, you know, it results in the, you know, not the blessings of the covenant, but the curses of the covenant. And we're watching this yeah. unfold. And, and this is, you know, this is a replay of, of Eden, mm-hmm. uh, where you have thorns and thistles, and, and of course, even worse. And if you go to, you know, Deuteronomy twenty-eight, these are the things that God you know, uh, promises or predicts will happen, mm-hmm. you know, for the unfaithfulness of the people. And and we need to realize that this is hundreds of years of God contending with them. This is not, you know, God on a whim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you talk about, you know, the New Testament concept of a God who is long suffering, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have, you have this, but you do have a, you know, even as God reveals himself, you know, to, you know, Moses, uh, you know, he reveals himself as a gracious and compassionate God, but who will not let sins go unpunished. And, and so you have this final, you know, sense of judgment. Could there be a more astonishing, you know, claim against God? Why are you like a man taken by surprise, like yeah. a warrior that's powerless to save? You're among us, Lord, and we bear your name. Do not forsake us. And, and uh, of course, the Lord has been talking about what is about to happen, you know, for years. And he's, you know, he's not at all one who is taken by surprise. And he's not at all one who is powerless to save. But they haven't listened to him, nor have they called on him in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And, and now is, is, is a time for judgment. You know, one of the things I do love about reading the, the prophets, and I mean, even you see it a lot in the Old Testament, is when Israel does go wayward and they sin, which is often... Um, you, know, you get these leaders that step up and they don't plead with God on behalf of their righteousness, but they plead on behalf of God's name. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so he says, we acknowledge it. But verse 21, for the sake of your name, do not despise us. Do not dishonor your glorious throne. I mean, Abraham did that. You know, Moses says, hey, did you bring these people out of Egypt, you know, so that you can kill them in the wilderness? Like, no, for the sake of your name, you know. And, and so we just see this time and time again, God's people pleading on behalf of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, because of you know who God is, and 
And I think that's a, a good reminder for us, you know, just in thinking about, man, how has God revealed himself to us? No. And of course, in Deuteronomy, he reminds them, it's not because you're more numerous than other people or, you know, more prosperous than other people, but I've chosen you for the sake of my name. And uh, so, you know, God is, and God acts, you know, for his glory and for his purpose, which is for us, you know, a great comfort because uh, his glory is the thing that is most deeply satisfying to us. Um, I love that you know, line. They greatly love to wander. They do not restrain their their feet. Mm-hmm. And of course, that uh, reminds us of the hymn: "Prone to wander, mm-hmm. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love." And, and of course, their leaving is not a gentle, you know, neglectful leaving. They've turned to other gods, and their actions have become violent and even detestable. The very things that God judged the nations before them for doing, you know, they're now doing in the same land, you know, that God gave them to honor his name and, and to give them a place father we uh, we thank you for scripture we thank you for the power of the prophets we thank you for the images we see help us not to be so separated from scripture that we see this as a judgment on an ancient people and cannot hear the warning you know that uh, jeremiah offers to us as well we thank you father uh, for your grace we thank you for the beauty of your word but more than that we thank you that you inhabit your word and by your spirit uh, you make your word real to us and uh, convict us of sin and of righteousness and, and, and of judgment and that you bring us into a deeper relationship with uh, uh, with you uh, where you continue the work you began the moment we received Jesus Christ as Lord and we look forward to its completion. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.